0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So I'm going to start today with the 400 watch. You know, once it was announced that there was going to be a 60-game season, I I mentioned that there would be a couple players making a run at 400. I said, actually, no, to be more accurate, to be fair, I said a couple guys would hit 400. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a couple guys, but so far there is someone actually hitting 500 through 17 games. That's Mr. Charlie Blackman. Yes, the Rockies right fielder. Rockies right fielder Chuck Nasty, as they call him. He's hitting 500 through 17 games. That's more than a quarter of the season. So that means it's not too early to start the 400 watch. Blackman's hit safely in 15 straight games. He's aiming to become the first batting title qualifier to finish the season with 400 or better. Since Ted Williams did so hitting 406 in 1941, obviously Blackman... Won't be considered in the same breath as Williams because uh, Ted Williams did that over 143 games, but it would still be a nice accomplishment. Nonetheless, and everyone would have a fun storyline to track this season. Um, I mean, if you look at it now. To determine the likelihood of happening, we have to make some assumptions. So he probably won't play in. All of Colorado's remaining 43 games. Um, he's 34 years old. And they'll give him a day off here and there. So let's assume he'll get two games off. And in the other 41 games, he'll get four at-bats a game. So Chuck Nasty has about 164 at-bats remaining. He's already had 68 at-bats. So if he gets another 164, that would put him at a total of 232 for the season. Hitting 400 and 232 at-bats would require blackman to get 93 hits or 59 more hits than he has right now which means blackman needs to go 59 for 164 the rest of the way blackman needs to hit 360 the rest of the way charlie blackman is a 307 career hitter and 312 since the beginning of 2018 and the depth charts forecast of fan graphs projects he's going to hit 312 the rest of the season. So let's say his true talent level is a 310 hitter based on his career numbers and and the projection I just told you from Fangraphs. So it boils down to this simple question. What is the chance that a true 310 hitter will hit 360 over a 164 at-bat stretch? Well, it's not that high. It's not that high. Some people are saying... um, you know, some some statisticians are saying this is actually as low as 10%, the chance of this happening, if you look at it probabilistically, mathematically. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's as far-fetched as, as the numbers imply, because in 1998, Mark McGuire broke the single-season home run record by hitting 70 bombs in 681 plate appearances, which is about 10.3% of his plate appearances. So, in other words, the chances of Blackman hitting 400 are about the same as the chance Mark McGuire would homer in any given play appearance during that season in 1998. That doesn't seem so far-fetched, right? I mean, that happened. I mean, obviously, Blackman's chances of 400 would increase if he sits more games than we expect, which could become more likely late in the year if they try to get him the record. We've seen teams do that all the time. Um, the Rockies would probably give him strategic days off if he's hitting over 400 with 10 games left, for example. That's, of course, assuming their playoff positioning is settled or they've been eliminated. But if they're still in the playoff hunt, he's going to play every day for sure. But another point in Charlie's favor is that the Rockies have nine home games and eight road games thus far. So his current batting average is not just a course field thing. He's played almost as many road games as he has at home, and, and he's hitting 500. So, yeah, obviously Blackman's a 352 career hitter at home at Coors Field, but you know everyone hits better at Coors Field. So, this is going to be a storyline to watch this season. I mean, someone hitting 500 through 17 games is uh, is pretty remarkable. It's also worth noting that the Rockies haven't yet played the Dodgers, who had the best ERA in the NL entering today or entering yesterday. And Colorado still has ten games against the Dodgers, more than twenty-three percent of their remaining schedule. So he's going to have to be able to hit good pitching against, obviously, Dodger pitching if he's going to be able to do this. Obviously, you can't you can't hide you can't hide your way to to four hundred even even in a sixty game season. Sixty game season. I mean, there there have been guys who hit four hundred through sixty games, but they they've matched against everyone against bottom feeders, against uh, you know top contending teams, things like that. So. We'll keep an eye on Charlie Blackman. That's the storyline to watch for. Um, that's our main main um, topic for today, for sure. But kind of going on, uh, on a tour around the league to see what happened yesterday. The Blue Jays walked it off in their Buffalo debut, thanks to a walk-off single by Travis Shaw. This was the first home game of the year for Toronto. They, they had been playing on the road this whole time because they're trying to get their find a home really they're playing in the Triple A stadium in Buffalo the the stadium has been redone to you know accommodate big leaguers better like better facilities and things like that but yeah yesterday they got a nice walk off single from Travis Shaw um Jin Ryu started you know making his home debut for um the Blue Jays he he, he pitched well veteran ace turned in 6 innings of one run ball allowing just two hits and striking out seven the final score was 5-4 to four as the Blue Jays defeated the Marlins. And by the way, I guess you can, if you want a little trivia, Bo Bichette hit the first home run for the Blue Jays, so that's the first home run that they hit in that stadium. Um, the Buffalo Blue Jays, if you want to call them, if you, if you want to know. So, yeah. Max Scherzer returned. Gutsy guy, he returned. You know, we, he, we, we saw that he had that... Uh, the hamstring strain, those are not easy. That's exactly what John Carlos Stanton is dealing with now. But Scherzer pitched yesterday. He's not one to hold back. This dude's pitched with a broken nose and a black eye and everything. But, um, yeah, Scherzer fought through it. Pitched yesterday, six innings, one earned run, seven punch-outs against the Mets. And, yeah, he, he's a stud. And helps the Nats get a 2-1 to win over New York. Uh, Trey Turner homered. Daniel Hudson got the save. Dylan Bundy has looked really good in the early going. He's quietly been one of the best pitchers in the majors this season. I mean, this is a guy who was a highly touted prospect coming up, you know, with the Orioles and everything. That really showed anything at the big league level, really, until now. Um, he kept it going yesterday with another dominant performance 10 punch outs. Yesterday in seven scoreless innings, scattering four hits and a walk. Bundy now has a three and one record with a 1.57 ERA and 35 strikeouts in the major league leading 28 and two thirds innings. Like I said, one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. And I don't know where this, this came from because this guy is, I mean, he's been around for for some time now. Very, like I said, very highly touted um, draft pick and everything. Your fourth overall pick in 2011. You know, he's 29, sorry, how old is he? He's he's going to be 28 in November. So he's 27 years old, 27 years old, and um, yeah, he's only thrown 643 innings in the big leagues. He had some injury issues and whatnot, but um, yeah, great start to the year for Dylan Bundy, and the Angels have themselves a gem on their hands. They picked him up in the offseason. No one really saw this coming, but he helped them get a win yesterday, 6 to nothing as the Angels defeat the Oakland A's. And the Angels belted three homers yesterday. Um, Anthony Rendon, um, Brian Goodwin, and Castro. Castro, meaning Jason Castro, of course, Angels catcher. I did not realize Jason Castro was now with the Angels, but there we go. And uh, David Fletcher as well. Sorry about that. Uh, four home runs yesterday. So yeah, Dylan Bundy is is that dude. If you haven't realized, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball so far this year. And um, that's something we should recognize. Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes hit a wild inside the park home run to lead the Orioles to a win in Philadelphia yesterday in extra innings. A 10-9 victory over the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park last night. Um, Baltimore. Baltimore. Remember, th- this is a team that you know they're they're flirting with five hundred. So far, still, at this point in the season, they haven't fallen by the wayside. They've, you know, they're eight and seven. They they haven't they have a winning record. But yesterday's game was a ten to nine win for them. They continue to surprise some people, um, and I want to. <laughs> oh my goodness, do I want to see the O's in the playoffs? Why the heck not? Why the heck not? Not that it would be anything competitive but i mean it would obviously prove that maybe this playoff well it regardless of the playoff format a 60 game season was going to have some some oddities in it anyway but that inside the park home run austin hayes hit it was a line drive to center field uh roman quinn dove tried to make the grab grab and you know couldn't come up with it rolls to the fence and austin hayes is fast you know he made his way around the bases for it and that's the, inside the parker that's what happens Last but not least, I want to talk about the Padres. The Padres 2020 offense has, has looked good. You know, they entered play yesterday leading the majors in home runs and slugging percentage while ranking second in runs scored. Uh, that's a stark contrast from years past when they they had almost, you know, no production at the plate. Well, their $300 million man, Manny Machado, is suddenly heating up. He launched a go-ahead Grand Slam at Dodger Stadium last night, sending the Padres to a sixty two victory, and... Um, yeah, it, it brings the Padres and the Dodgers to an even record of 11 and seven, 11 and seven. They both had the same record so far this year. Tatis was two for five yesterday. Um, Montrado was two for four with four ribbies. You know, they, they paced the offense for sure. Um, you know, a couple other guys with two hits, Cronenworth, Jake Cronenworth and uh, Jerickson Profar each had two hits as well. But yeah, this was the um, San Diego Padres uh, kind of sticking it to to their um low-key rivals now. I mean to 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 say that they're now rivals with the Dodgers, because obviously it's always been the Dodgers top of the division. Padre's near the bottom, but it's it's a new it's a new team. It's a new team. Garrett Richards started for San Diego, went six strong innings with one earned run. Ross Stripling took the L for LA. But yeah. Manny Machado is now homer three times in three games. He's gone five for 12 with four extra base hits in that span. His OPS has climbed from 636 to 813 in just three days. In just three days. And he's right back on track. So Fernando Tatis did his thing. Like I said, had a couple hits. Uh, two for five, bringing his season average to 333. Showed off his arm strength with a big-time throw. Out there from shortstop. And yeah, Padres win. 62. But that's gonna do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.